0: Hello and welcome to the Book Table Podcast, your audio book club with me, Annie, Uh, and I am joined as every week by Fee. Hello, and Sophie. Hey. And we are starting off January 2022 strong with our book news episode. Although before we get into that, I just said 2022 for the first time, and I'm still like (laughs) reeling from it a little bit. You know, January. oh it doesn't feel like a year you know Uh 2022 is not a year it's a tongue twister
1: (laughs) yeah you know when you're in school when you had to write the date and you'd come back from the Christmas holidays and then you'd have to write 2020 whatever for the first time and then you'd get the year wrong because you're still stuck in last year and then I'd have to cross it out and write it again it was a messy it was a messy time
0: yeah when I was um sort of doing some scribbles for the podcast plan I wrote 2020 like so many times yeah and also (laughs) do you guys have a year that you're stuck in like for me if I write the date with my eyes closed it's always 2011
1: always really I'm I'm stuck in 2012 mentally Mm -hmm. I think I don't know why I think I just enjoyed 2012 it was a good year it was a good year
2: I I don't so I, it's so, uh, I'm probably like my mind sometimes definitely gets stuck. Like I think mine like slowly updates. I'm always instinctively like two to three years behind in my head, and I'm like, wait, what year was last year? Was 2019 last year? And then I'm like, no, wait, yeah. that was two years ago. I was gonna say, uh, yeah, time's compressed.
0: 2005 was five years ago. Like <laughs> it was. Um, maybe that's why I'm stuck in 2011. Anyway, um I'm not off topic because this is actually our sort of new year's book news roundup. Um we're gonna start with, you know, some more general, you know, the the book news that you know and love from us. And then we're gonna talk a little bit about sort of more broadly what we're looking forward to in books and publishing this year. Uh there's some really exciting stuff, I know. Um and then we're gonna get a little bit more personal and think about what reading habits we want to take forward with us into the new year. So sort of book resolutions. Um, and as always, we'll round up with just, you know, what we're reading, what we want to be reading, what we're looking forward to reading. Uh, in January of 2022, I, I swear to God, I added that last two on right at the last second. I was like, what we're gonna be looking forward to reading in January, 2020
1: a good thing we're in the 20s now because then you can always just add the number yeah it is as opposed to the teens
0: yeah also twenty like the 20s just rolls off the tongues way better you know yeah
1: it does Uh uh-huh
0: do you remember in like 2019 when everyone was tweeting like oh i'm really looking forward to all the rock and roll partying we're going to be doing in the roaring 20s in the next decade
2: oh we jinxed it we really did
1: I think we did, yeah.
0: Oh, anyway, Okay, so I think we're just going to jump right into our news roundup. And Sophie, I'm going to go to you for the first piece of news.
2: I've got uh, what looked like a bad piece of book news, but has been turned into uh, a piece of good news. And that was at the very end of December, Um, the first specialist black bookshop in the UK, um, which is called New Beacon Books. It's in Finsbury Park. Um, Announced that it was going to have to close and move online after it had been there for about over 55 years as a result of like pandemic, plus, um, you know, online retailers taking over more of the market. Um, And that course, you know, that would obviously have been a very sad thing, especially because the bookshop wasn't just a bookshop that promoted black literature. It was also a community hub. It had been part of like the Black education movement and the Black Supplementary School movement. Um, because in the UK in the 60s and 70s, there was not quite a po- something of a policy of moving black kids to like sub-normal schools for people with subnormal education and essentially just kind of abandoning them there. So the communities really had to you know, take it upon themselves to educate it. If you're kind of interested in finding out more about that, I really recommend, there's a short film by Steve McQueen called Education that covers that. And it's it's a, it's a really interesting, and really good watch. But anyway, then about three days later, um, a crowdfunding campaign was started and they raised 50,000 uh, pounds. And they think, in three days. yeah, in a, I think it was like somewhere between three, four, five days. They had raised that much money to, the bookshop and they think they might not only be able to stay open physically but maybe move to a slightly larger site that will enable them to do more publishing of books again and uh yeah support like writers in residence and stuff mm-hmm. so um that is piece of really good book news and i hope that they are able to um yeah continue being a part of you know the book community in london and you know promoting works by black authors yeah Mm.
1: how how long has the bookshop been open for when did it
2: it was opened in
1: 1966 wow that is is a long time yeah it really really is um Uh so it's i feel like it's so heartbreaking that we are putting independent and such special bookshops in these positions, I think there's convenience in buying from Amazon and buying from big bookshop giants, because you know that the book that you're looking for, especially Mm -hmm. if you're looking for a specific book, you're gonna find it there. Whereas almost it feels like taking a risks to see if it's in um, an independent bookshop more expensive or something like that but actually we need I don't know we just need to start supporting independent bookshops more
0: mm-hmm. would you like to hear a heartwarming story about uh independent bookshop saving Christmas sure
2: I'll go for it yes,
0: um, go for this it. isn't a piece of news this is just you know highly relevant <laughs> um so we live very close to a small local bookshop my parents order all of their books from there in fact i'm currently uh because it's christmas i'm staying at my parents house i'm sitting in my dad's office you can see all of the technical books that (laughs) has been buying a special order like okay i need the python handbook b whatever so anyway my sister and i went to see a friend of hers and they were going to go for a walk and i was just going to stop into the bookshop and pick up libby's uh christmas shopping basically and uh the owner of the bookshop. A really lovely woman who's you know she's been there for years she's just the best she pauses and she says oh you're picking up these books and I say yes I am and she says now I don't know who this book is for and she points to Libby's present for mum and she goes but someone else in your family has also ordered this so I just <gasps> thought I'd tell you in case someone's buying it as a Christmas present. Turns out that through some miscommunication, Libby and dad had both bought mum the same book for Christmas. And like neither of them, I was the one there picking up Libby's order and she knew me and she knew Libby and she knew dad and she was able to be like, and so, you know, Fiona, the lovely, lovely owner of the local bookshop saved Christmas for us. so the next day I went in and I bought a stack of paperbacks and as I walked out I saw her and I said oh my god I just need to tell you you saved Christmas we were so grateful and I mean bless her we'd ordered that book in specially apparently twice and she let us just swap it out for a different book so Libby could get mum something different for Christmas Mm. yeah um and so I said to her oh you saved Christmas we're so grateful it was so kind of you to let Libby swap it out after she'd order it and she just went oh more than anything else I found it really funny (laughs) like I didn't want to interfere but you know I was like yeah no you you saved us from ourselves (laughs) which is the kind of service that you will never get on Amazon
1: so yeah it's so true yeah
0: independent bookshops are really important community hubs and especially ones like this one and a lot of um I know in Soho there are a lot of LGBT bookshops as well. And they are really built with communities in mind and they are places of discovery and the promotion of possibly underrepresented communities, definitely Mm. underrepresented communities, you know, possibly underrepresented authors. And yeah, it's great to hear that one is surviving. Yeah. That was a very long tangent.
1: Surviving and hopefully thriving. Hopefully thriving. Yeah. Um,
0: And if they're still accepting donations, we'll stick a link up on Instagram when this episode comes out
1: yes yeah
0: Um, yeah so that's a bit of heartwarming news
1: what's your news Annie
0: um just something really interesting that I thought it would be good to talk about is so the New York Times I think I've mentioned this a couple of times this year because they've been doing a lot of things the New York Times book review turned 125 this year and so they uh ran a sort of vote asking readers to pick the best book of the past 125 years. Now, I want to see, do you guys think you can guess what? So mostly American um, you know, New York Times readers thought was the best book of the last 125 years. Hang
2: on, sorry. Let me just do some mental math so I can figure out what what so that was be. 1893? So.
0: 1897.
2: Okay. I feel like it's gotta be like an American book.
0: Yeah. hmm It's an American about book. About New York? No, no. It's a um it's a more sort of um national newspaper. Okay. But it is a classic American novel.
2: I feel like I'm going to like know mm-hmm. it at the end.
1: Yeah, you'll you'll kick yourself. Oh you got a guess. I don't know. I'd I'd guess like, wait, it's Huckleberry Finn. American. Huckleberry, it's not
0: Huckleberry Finn. Wing. Huckleberry Finn might be outside of the time period, but oh. I feel like I don't know why. I just think you in particular would be good. It's not a Mark Twain It's not book.
1: Catcher and the Rye, is it? No, 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 that's too that's too recent. Mm. No, Little Catcher Women and the Rye is
0: not too recent. Little Women, I think, is too old. Oh. Um. Um. Do you want me to narrow it down a bit?
1: Yeah, narrow it down. 20th century. Is it Great
2: Gatsby? No. That was my first thought, but then you said not New York. So, I okay. think. <laughs> this, is, like, this is a recap. The yeah. game was just like...
0: Oh, God. I mean, Great American Novel might have thrown you off because I don't know if it's like one of the classic oh, Okay. Uh... To me, it's the Great American Novel. Um, and it is an incredible novel, and you will both kick yourself. Think something that everyone's read.
1: It's not like The Crucible or something, is it?
0: No, more that everyone's read.
1: Okay, I
2: was going to say Streetcar, but then I was like, that's a play, so no. <sighs> oh, oh, of Mice and Men? No,
0: but you, you're on the right track. It's To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh.
2: Of course, of course. How did we not yes. get that? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to
0: be. It, it sounds so obvious, right? And like it was the only thing that could ever have happened. But it was—it was extremely close. It was a very narrow margin, and the um the runner-up, the book with the second most votes, the Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> so. <laughs>
2: really yeah that that is interesting
0: yeah so runner-up was the fellowship of the ring and then 1984 came in at number three um 100 years of Solitude at number four and number five my personal favorite from the list beloved by tony morrison oh
2: yeah i think i was like no that's not gonna come in at number one that book is too
0: oh yeah no too
2: much um i was like
0: so some interest, some more interesting facts from this. They they also did some genre books, like the most nominated from these genres, apart from those top five. Um, Parable of the Sower was uh, for science fiction. Uh, the Warmth of Other Suns by Isabel Wilkerson, which is a really good book about um, sort of the great migration of African Americans from the South to the North in the sort of early to mid twentieth century. Uh, Dram Drac- <laughs> Dram Stoker by Dracula. <laughs> Dracula <laughs> by Bram Stoker. <laughs> the Joy of Cooking by Irma S. Rombauer. Um, was apparently the like, cookbook that was the most nominated. Watership Down. Um, and this is fascinating. So the final... They they narrowed it down to a short list of 25 and asked people to vote, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the short list was 25 books and each of them had to be a diff- from a different author. Um but three writers John Steinbeck Ernest Hemingway and William Faulkner received nominations for seven of their books um, other popular authors included James Baldwin Margaret Atwood and Virginia Woolf who had five books each and four Joan Didion books mm-hmm. and this was while she was this was before she died so she's obviously a much loved um but the thing I like most about it is that basically what this article is saying is that's all very fascinating, but actually the the really sort of touching thing about this survey was that people, like, if you ask someone what their favorite book of the last 125 years is, it speaks to, like, the responses you get speaks to the really personal relationships people have with their books and mm. the books that they read and the books that they love um so it's just sort of a joyful article to read although I've read most of it to you here Um, (laughs) yeah and also I am I am a sucker for like best book of the last however many years surveys where I agree with the answer you know it's like when Ishiguro won the Nobel Prize it was like oh good choice I agree yeah yeah okay so that's it for our general news so I'm now I think you know, I'm going to retain my podcast cream crown, but possibly nominate Fia as my regent. Uh, while we talk about sort of the books that we're looking forward to coming out this year, because I feel like this is your area of expertise. <laughs> um,
1: well, I had a major dig because I w- I was just curious to see. Uh, I know, like a few book bookshop websites have a little section to show what up and coming yeah. books are are going to be released soon, um, yeah. so you can get to pre-ordering.
0: Mm. And I thought we'd start with the um, the standalone books that are coming out.
1: Yeah. Which
0: we'd be excited about.
1: Um, So the first one that I'm quite excited about is Atlas 6. Um, and that's coming out in February. And mm. as many people might already know, that Atlas 6 uh, is a very... Popular book that's been going around, Book Talk, and which is TikTok, just in case anybody was <laughs> confused. Um, and it, it follows, I think it's for like six magicians, I would say, because they have powers, have been chosen to uh, compete for uh, some sort of position that looks after the books in the Library of Alexandria. Well, it has been already published but self-published so now this is going to be mm. republished through an official publishing house um but i haven't no. now let's yeah, is...
0: oh i was just gonna say this is fascinating to me um because i think book talk is becoming a force where self-published authors become recognized by your more big classic publishing houses um the author I'm thinking of, Elle Kennedy. Yeah. Um who she did uh, the off-campus series and oh another series of books called Him and Us and but well but basically she's written a lot of books about, you know, um hockey players falling in love, various dispositions. And she has her first novel with a major publishing house coming out this year as well um it's slightly different in that obviously this is a a sort of a new novel but I think it's fascinating that BookTok is becoming a force where authors can self-publish become discovered and then go on to be recognized by your more mainstream publishing Uh,
1: fascinating I think it's like a different route because some people will get accepted just through applying to an agent and some will get published through uh, competitions that allows to, their work to be exposed to a number of agents that are willing to take it on. Mm. Um, and this now is yeah. book like TikTok is providing a platform where stories that are loved can get the recognition that they deserve that may not you know i think it's hard the the process is a hard process because it's relying on trust that the story will do well rather than seeing a story do well already and then saying okay well then we'll just republish it under our name um it's, it's almost, the, it's kind of the same effect that SoundCloud had. You know, how Billie Eilish got discovered. Um, Doja Cat was putting out her music yeah. on SoundCloud. And then yeah. they got discovered through that. Also YouTube, how artists got discovered through YouTube. And then mm-hmm. they saw the response already. Yeah. So they already had data to back up the person that they've chosen or or to back up the product that they want to produce.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is the positive side of it. Yeah.
1: I think it is.
0: But it also I I, like I think it's really good, but I also hope that it doesn't sort of lead to an environment in which Debbie Waters struggle getting published. They have to go out and find their own audience first because I think there's a sense in which it's great that authors are able to become famous on TikTok and then be published. But the benefit of going through a traditional publisher is that it it probably provides you with more money up front and support. So like it's a delicate, delicate balance. You know what I mean? Um, But at the same time, I think this is great for these specific authors. And also I hope, like it seems like it's a good route for getting a interesting and diverse stories that people want to read in front of the eyes of people who might not have otherwise published yeah. them
1: and also i think it might be helping in uh, smaller publishing groups you know those who are independent yeah. and and not part of, you know not the big names that can spend like six figure money on buying a book title and maybe hopefully that will we'll be seeing more diversity in stories and in storytellers on our bookshelves or on our screens or wherever we get our books from
0: (laughs) yeah no definitely um any more exciting standalones
1: um book lovers by emily henry who wrote uh beach read i haven't read it yet because i'm waiting for february if i'm honest uh to get into the romance mood (laughs) um but yeah
0: well i have read both of her um adult novels so that's speech read and uh oh i believe it's it's called people we meet on vacation yeah and you and me on vacation like the the name that there was a name change at some point but i am Mm. very excited for book lovers um
1: so that's getting released in May in the UK. Um, and I think that's good. I think it'll be nice. You know, you can, you'll have time to either save it for, you know, deep into summer, or if you go away anywhere, um, yeah. hopefully 2022 manifesting travel <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to be a really exciting book. I think also because over lockdown, she has become more, Prominent and uh, like, I should say, she's become more popular. You know, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I think previously she was a um, young adult novelist, but she's now writing sort of adult romance novels, and they are great. And I, for one, cannot wait to see what she does next. Me too. Um, She is certainly an automatic buy for me.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I think she is for a lot of people. Um, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people really like, um, I mean, ro- romance has always been a popular seller. Yeah. So I think it, it's one of those things that you just got to find the author that makes you enjoy it most. And I think she does yeah, that for a lot of people.
0: One thing I will say that I really like about her is that she, I think, started writing romance after coming around to the idea of romance as a genre. It wasn't something that she wanted to do. It was something that she discovered and then decided to write about. Yeah. And I get the sense that she's really been interested in holding the door open, you know, but there's a sense in which she's got a kind of um mainstream respect that perhaps other authors haven't necessarily for writing romance. And she is really interested in holding the door open and encouraging people to read widely and bringing more attention to the people who have been in the field forever and also debut authors and you know uh non-mainstream authors and saying hey thanks for looking at me I'd love it if you could look at all my friends as well
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah. so I I just like her as an author and I like what she's doing as a person
1: Mm.
0: okay moving on to sequels of which there are some exciting ones coming out this year
1: loads of sequels are coming out this year and I'm excited and also terrified for my bank account <laughs> <laughs> and your bookcase presumably because and my bookcase some because... of them will be coming out in hardback I, I would assume oh my gosh I don't know if my bookcase could take more hardbacks <laughs> I might have to do a swap out
0: yeah by the way when Fee says my bookcase what she means is some open shelves <laughs> above her bed so like there's a sense in which she needs to stop buying hardbacks or they're going to crush her, literally.
1: Yeah, they might do. They might. <laughs> I, I can see the curve in my oh, shelf oh already. It's like a slight curve. Oh, God. <laughs> and it terrifies me every time. But hey, you've got to take risks. You know, 2022 is about taking risks. For for the love of books. Not with your head. For the love of the books.
0: You know, your head's important. You can't
1: read with a concussion. challenge, I'll take it.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Okay, so what sequels are you looking forward to this year? I know I've got one.
1: I've got one, and that is um, Ballad Never After, um, which is a sequel to um, Once Upon a Broken Heart by Stephanie Garber. And I've only recently read it, but I'm an absolute fan of it. I think it has to be one of my favourite reads of 2021. Mm. So I am even more excited for the 2022 release. And it's coming in September in the UK. And being their flirtatious <laughs> selves with each other, even though they don't know it, they are definitely flirting. <laughs> and and actually, that is that's kind of what has made me want to read more romance books in 2022 because I hadn't really read any romance for the whole of 2021 Mm. until I read that and I was like oh I really miss this so yeah Uh, that's my Mm. my my one that I'm looking forward to what about you guys
0: um well this is one that I'm sort of pressuring safe to read the original (laughs) before the sequel comes out um Although I fear you are more than welcome to read them as well. Um, So last year I read um, everyone's favourite Red, White and Royal Blue and loved it. And when sort of desperately grasping for something else to make me feel, you know, to just fill the hole in my heart after I finished that one, um, I found Boyfriend Material, which is genuinely one of the funniest books I read last year. I loved it. I went into it. You know, when you finish a book that you love, And you've got that huge book hangover and you you start searching for a book that's the same and you kind of feel going in that you just have stupidly high expectations and nothing could be good enough. Mm. And I think this is possibly the only time in my life where I picked up a new book and it was just as good and different and funny. And so, uh, Boyfriend Material is just such a good book. It is um, a fake dating novel about, um, and it's just, uh, about you know a sort of child of a rock star who's trying to reform his image dating a very serious lawyer um but it's just so funny like I there is this one passage about a knock knock joke that I have just read out to my entire family multiple times um it's such a great book and there is a sequel coming out um husband material which presumably means they're getting married um (laughs) which is very exciting and coming soon. Um, And she's also just announced that sort of she's releasing um, a different, a book about a different couple in the same universe in 2023 called The Amnesia Plot, which I am very excited about. So um, yeah, Alexis Hall is the author of all of these books. So I would really recommend just keeping an eye on her and
2: definitely reading boyfriend material i'm gonna read it in february it feels like a february romance book that
0: yeah
2: i, I think like that's my current plan
1: well um one other sequel one
2: other
0: sequel or
1: two other sequels
0: oh my goodness two other sequels go ahead
1: yeah one is the thursday murder club uh, book number three is going to be coming out in September
0: oh my goodness I can't realize I can't real mm, I mean <laughs> I can't believe I forgot about that one I can't realize yeah oh my goodness I can't at, believe I forgot about that one
1: at, like uh, I don't know any of you've read both books <laughs> I think Sophie and I have yet to read the series but it it's been uh, like it's a series that people have been yeah. buzzing about i mean even <laughs> i think it's steven spielberg bought the film rights before he you know he finished the book Ooh. um so we're gonna be seeing a movie sometime soon and um yeah there's a lot of love for this series and obviously you know richard richard osman is a great uh, comedian presenter he's just a lovely mm. person it's like a sweetie yeah, I think so as well. I think that's, uh, you know, obviously it helps that he's been famous. So more, but more trustworthy buys of books, you know, without reading his work previously. But it definitely pays off from what I've heard. So I think that's going to be an exciting read. Oh,
0: yeah. I was certainly pleasantly surprised because there, like there was every chance it was just going to be he wanted to write a book and he was famous enough that no one needed to mm-hmm. say no to him. But it it was a genuinely glorious, glorious mm. read. Like, I really recommend it. Um, and I yeah. love
1: Murder Mysteries. And I love the, you know, Midsummer Murders, Endeavour, Inspector Moores. Oh, they're and this right is just my fun.
0: But also very sort of, you know, emotional and careful.
1: Uh, just last one. Last one is also the second book, the second volume for Lore Olympus, which <laughs> is... Um, famous web tune under the same name uh that will be published. I have the first volume and it is gorgeous. The the drawings are just beautiful. I, I would frame them if I could. And I yeah, I'm definitely going to be getting the second volume. I I rarely get comics and uh, um manga and and picture um stories, but And that's just because I was through them so quickly that, and I don't usually reread things, but I think Laura Olympus is just, it's almost like one of those coffee book, coffee table books, you know, it's like it is a showpiece in itself, just the art of it, but it's also a fantastic story. And so that's something I'm really looking forward to. I know, Sophie, you read Laura Olympus as well.
0: Yeah, so that's it for sequels. There's a lot to be excited about this year, I feel like there's a lot of, you know, Moving and shaking going on.
2: Um, Oh, there is. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. I I have
0: the list of debut authors. (laughs) 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 all this noise going.
1: (laughs) It's fine. Let's just get through it. Anyway.
0: Anyway. Okay. Um. And now I wanted to do something. This is in a way a sort of preview of my new year's resolutions because one of the things i want to think about more and also talk about more here on the podcast is debut authors we've got you know some stuff coming up about that but i thought i'd start off the year as i mean to go on with just a couple of books that i'm really looking forward to that i found on day beautiful's discover debut authors um debut books of 2022 list um
1: can i just say i love that list name Daybeautiful. Day-beautiful.
0: It, well, it's not, that's the web is the blog, .net, sorry, is the blog that I'm looking at. And I just, I don't know. I think we should be supporting debut authors.
1: I agree. Um, that's also my, my book resolution as well. I'd like to read more debut authors.
0: These are sort of in publishing order. I will link to this on the Instagram as well. There are 10 really amazing books on this list, but some that really stuck out for me, Fiona and Jane by Jean Chen Ho, uh, which is coming out on the 4th of January. Um, This book follows two women, uh, you guessed it, Fiona and Jane, as they navigate their lives as Taiwanese Americans, their friendship, their romances, and everything in between. It's a brilliant examination into young life and told in a brilliant fashion. Jean Chen Ho has created two of the most memorable characters in recent fiction, which just sounds, you know, an incredible thing. The boy with a bird in his chest. Uh, by Emmy Lund, coming out on the 15th of February. Lund's brilliant debut is unlike any other coming of age out there. In a teen has a bird in his chest. It's not until he goes to live with relatives where he is truly accepted and can focus on all of the other growing pains an adolescent must face, falling in and out of love, broken hearts, broken friendships, and discovering who he is. Country of Origin by Dalia Azeem, uh coming out on March the 15th. Azim's multi-generational family saga is an eye-opening and heartwarming. Uh, Both expansive and intimate, the novel uses the political revolution in 1950s Egypt as a backdrop to explore family independence and identity. Um, The list goes all the way to sort of June, so it's more the first six months. But it's like, I just think there's some great debut authors coming out here. And I, for one, am very excited.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: That was a very sort of uh, lightning
1: lightning round
0: round. they all sound very exciting and i am gonna add them all to my to be read list so that's it for the books that we're looking forward to this year so so, shall we get into our um what i am tentatively calling our book new year's resolutions does anyone have any new year's book resolutions aside from just a general commitment to debut authors which i think Mm. you know maybe that's our podcast resolution yeah
2: thought it was a resolution as like a I'm I'm gonna like tentatively set myself a target of like reading maybe like uh, at least one book outside of the book club book every two months and see how that goes and I think also maybe putting because I'm going to have a commute again more regularly like once this Omicron wave dies down and we're allowed to have more than like two people in the office at the same time um, yeah it's a very small office. Um, And so I kind of (laughs) want to maybe try like uh, putting my commute time into reading because uh, when I was commuting for my old Mm -hmm. job, I kind of got in the habit of just like watching something on my phone. But I get a lot of reading done on the tube. So I think that's maybe part of my resolution. is just going to be to, yeah, Yeah. use the commute a bit more for reading times. Yeah. I found audiobooks a
0: really good way to sort Mm -hmm. of give my commute over to reading. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, I could. Like I would really recommend that. Um, but yeah, that sounds like a good good one. Fee?
1: Um, my one of my New Year's resolutions um is to start annotating my books. So I don't actually do that. I I've never really annotated books except for in high school when we had to actually analyze them and stuff and write essays on them, blah, 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 blah. And I really want to try and do that because I don't know. I just feel like I think I have Jess from Gilmore. Girls. Yeah, obviously Jess, because he is an icon, a legend.
0: So what is it about annotating books that you want to get into this year?
1: I don't know. I think I just want to be able to like write thoughts and feelings on it and just and see how I felt about the book and maybe that's and maybe it's part of the reason why I don't reread books because I forget which are my favorite moments or I, I don't mark them. I don't mark lines that really stand out to me. So I think this will make me take in more of the story when I read books.
0: It's Interesting. As part of like trying to have quotes for our Instagram, basically, um, I've started really trying to like highlight memorable quotes, especially when I'm reading on Kindle and like highlighting a quote is just, you know, it's not permanent. And that's actually been a really nice way to then sort of later go back and look at what I really liked and sort of remember the best bits of the book. Uh, So yeah, annotating sounds like a really good goal. Mm.
1: Um, What about you?
0: I want to... Well, it's weird. I, I think this is the first year that I have read a lot after a lot of years of sort of reading a lot in January and February, and then just by December, not reading anything. Um, <laughs> and I want to keep that pace going. And I found that the way I've been doing that is just by being kind to myself about what I read and by following my passions. And so in a sense, my podcast, my podcast. And so in a sense, my resolution for this year is just to sort of keep on going, to like yeah. keep that momentum up. Um, but also to be more explorative to like find books that I want to read, to to think more about it, to read classics a bit, to read, you know, just to read broadly and widely, but mainly just to let myself read whatever I want to read,
1: you know? Mm, yeah, I think that, I think that's the same for me as well. I feel like I'm losing that discovery enjoyment, mainly because it's so easy to see recommended books from Instagram, BookTok, the internet, and, you know, instead of just, going into an independent bookshop or or just browsing and finding a story that that grabs you in the moment.
0: Yeah. I I found the podcast to be really useful for that, for just sort of like having books that I haven't necessarily heard of that you guys have read or that you guys have found and, and just reading them. But, you know, I've found that to be a really good force for like yeah. getting me to read books.
1: I was also, th- I really want to visit more independent, uh, like, you know, going off Sophie's, Um, book news I want to visit more independent bookshops as well because I know you get me to a foils or a waterstones I'm coming out there with at least two books in my hand I kind of would like to see I'd like to visit more independent bookshops because also they're so lovely and we I mean especially for me who lives in London you know it's a great day out and there are so many
2: i probably like to do the same actually because like i'm just i just so easily default to the waterstones that is in walking distance and i just like i just yeah. don't know like there must be some around where i live it's just that convenience of being like oh i could just walk over there and get the book as opposed to like yeah. making a journey of going going somewhere else
0: i will say i feel i mean there's one in walking dis- there's a walking distance bookshop of me in ireland but i particularly love walking distance the bookshop walking distance of my parents house um and I feel very I I have a lot of affection for it and one of the things I love about it is that because it's a small independent bookshop they do really good like personalized book recommendations you know just just great if you want to go in and chat to someone and say oh would you recommend this book or like you know oh I want to read a book by this author which one do you want think I should start with like Sometimes they'll be able to do that for you in a Waterstones, but there is nothing like that in an independent. Like you, there's so much like personal service that you'll only ever get from an independent bookshop. Um.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um. Oh, I thought of another one like five seconds ago. And now I've lost it. <laughs> oh, this isn't a resolution as such, but something that I would love to happen this year. Um, is. I know, Fee, you're talking about traveling more, and if one or both of you makes it over to Ireland, you must, must, must go to the Museum of Literature. And I would like to go to the Museum of Literature a couple of times this year. Um, It's a very recent thing. It opened, I think, in 2019 in Dublin. Um, It's called the Museum of Literature Ireland because it's the Molly, and Molly is uh, the wife in Ulysses. Um, And it's just a really cool, like, inventive space where they're thinking about how can, what can you do with a museum of literature? What can you, you know, and celebrating Ireland's literary heritage. And so, yeah, I think my, another book New Year's resolution of mine is to just sort of explore more of the, like, amazing book stuff that Dublin has to offer. It's such a great, like, book town. Um, And I'm going to start with going back to the Molly and seeing what, what they've got.
1: I think there's always something to gain from exploring that your local book scene, whether that you live in a big city or not. And so I encourage everyone to probably explore their, their local bookshops, their local literary histories and, and all sorts and just see what, what you discover.
0: Yeah. Um, also, if I can suggest one for you, you might want to get, a freestanding bookshelf so you're not (laughs) at perpetual risk of concussion yeah well
1: I need to find the space for it but I'll try
0: yeah that okay and so I think we can move on now to the just what we're looking forward to reading in January uh just the sort of the classic end to our book news episode which for me at least is the big pile of books (laughs) I walked away with after we saw each other today yeah (laughs) um i don't know about you guys i've got um the books that sophie and fee very kindly got me for christmas ariadne by jennifer saint and ugly love by colleen hoover uh which really looking forward to in january uh january is always a great month for reading your christmas books and i also have got fee's copy of um, once upon a broken heart. So hopefully I will be, you know, excited to read that sequel with you. Come what? March, did you say? Uh
1: y- no, it's not coming out March. It's coming out in September. So you got a while.
0: September. Oh, got a well. while. Um, hopefully I can then send it on to you, so I have also got piranesi by Susanna Clark, just sort of as a book that I'd quite like to read ideally before I go back to Ireland, so I'm not lugging so many books around, but you know, that might be a pipe dream, which is a lot of books. What about you guys?
2: Um, Well, I did get a fair number of books for Christmas. So I I got from you 2 Under the Whispering Door by TJ Klune, which I'm looking forward to reading because I've heard a lot of good things about them, in specific House of the Cerulean Sea, which I plan to read whenever Annie gives it back to V and then I can take that coffee as well.
0: I'll probably just send (laughs) it directly on to you unless V has any sort of objections.
1: No, I don't. I do not object. What
2: was it? Eight Detectives. Uh, It was the book V got me. And then my mum gave me for Christmas Ariadne by Jennifer Saint and The Women of Troy by Pat Barker, which I've started reading and is the main book I plan to read in January. I'm kind of going one at a time. Um, And I. I started it yesterday on the Tube, and I already love it so much. It's a direct kind of sequel to The Silence of the Girls. Ooh,
0: that's exciting.
2: It's kind of the same topic as A Thousand Ships, but in a different perspective. It's specifically from Bryce's point of view, Um, whereas like A Thousand Ships kind of like hopped perspective and was um, very grim i would say this feels <laughs> slightly i mean it's not going to end well but it feels slightly less bleak at least at the start um and then i'm also rereading red white and royal blue this month because i've only listened to the audiobook so i went and picked up a physical copy and it's, it's actually quite funny i've already reread the first chapter and like i can hear the narrator in my head like I can just hear the way he says and inflects <laughs> everything when I read it. It's just such a weird experience that like I've listened to this audiobook so many times it's like imprinted into my mind, which is just a very funny experience. Um, but yeah, those are the two books I'll probably be reading in January. And then I plan to sort of slowly wink my way through the rest of them as the month goes on. Mm. Yeah. Hey, what about you?
1: Um, well, so my books, I was generously uh Received by you guys was Certain Dark Things by Sylvia Moreno Garcia, who listeners from our first episode ever will remember yeah. that that was our book love pick, mm-hmm. uh, her other book, which was Mexican Gothic. And so, yeah, uh, it's a vampire book. I am incredibly excited because I have not read a vampire book since Twilight. So <laughs> I'm ready to be obsessed with vampires again.
0: 2022, we're getting back into vampires.
1: Hell yes um and then also tarot and tequila by david ross i love tequila i love doing my tarot cards um this just is the perfect thing i probably will be like reading coffee it table. throughout the year yeah it's more of a coffee table but beautiful drawings
0: including for our next new year's eve party
1: yeah why not do yeah. a reading i also i'm really excited to read uh if i had your face by francis Cha. and uh, that's a story about different women who are in seoul in south korea and i guess their interactions and and struggles with the beauty standard that south korea has um they have quite strict uh, beauty standards and also they are the capital of plastic surgery so it's um a really interesting topic. And I'm really excited to read uh, a fiction book around that discussion. Currently, I'm reading a non-fiction book called Mm. The Panic Years by Nell Frizzell with having the pressure of the biological clock and making that decision, do you want children? If you want children, you've got to find someone to have children with, blah, 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 blah. And just kind of uncovering those pressures that we have on ourselves and that also society has on us and um it it talks about her views on them and and as she's going through her birthdays in those years and how she was coping uh with those decisions i i really like reading nonfiction books in january and um february like the beginning months of the year i'm not sure why i just do
0: no to get like that I read um I feel like we had a lot of sort of um fantasy and magical realism got us through the winter and that was very much reflected in our book club picks and then I always spend the summer reading like romance and things and January to like January to May is when I read serious literature you know
1: yeah yeah we all have a weird book calendar (laughs) so yeah that's what um I'm reading hopefully in this month If not, it'll probably carry over to next month. Quickly, just before the end, we thought we'd
2: touch back on maybe like one or two of the favourite books that we read uh, last month. Maybe books that we mentioned in our December book news episodes and things that we're planning to read and just give like a little, I guess a little summary of our thoughts on them once we finish them. So uh, B, do you want to go first?
1: Oh yeah, you guys know mine already. (laughs) And that is Once Upon a (laughs) Broken Heart. it was my Christmas read I read it I started it on the 23rd and I finished it you know I think before Boxing Day had finished it was just such a good book it it had me hooked from beginning to end um I love the characters I love the world building I think it's just a great fantasy novel um and yeah that was my favorite
0: um I think I've talked a lot about um, a couple of books that I read this month that I loved, which I loved a lot of them. Um, But a few that I wanted to single out. Um, I read The Hogfather. That was my Christmas book, Terry Pratchett's sort of Christmas disc in Discworld. Um, And it was glorious. It was really funny. Um, It kept me going on the world's most hellish one hour flight that took like 10 hours. Um, And also Elizabeth Strout, I read some years ago and loved My Name is Lucy Barton. And this year, I sort of discovered that in the meantime, she'd written two sort of sequels of a very different kind um, O William and Anything is Possible. Uh, but I imagine they both work really well as standalone novels as well. And I loved both of them. Yeah, so.
2: Uh, so I only read one book last month aside from the book club book, and that was I finally finished Endgame by. Valerie Blackman, oh, I want to just hear what you thought about this yeah oh
1: yeah
2: uh I loved it I, I I was like finishing it at like half 11 like sometime last week and I was legitimately it got to like the epilogue and I was almost crying because like a character that I have been emotionally invested in for 14 years died and it oh was my so, god like, I was like, oh my god and, but it was so like and then it carries on after that point, and you kind of get to see the aftermath of these characters like breathing and moving forwards. And like, I don't know, it just like, oh, it hit really hard. Like the ending just hit like a like steam train, I was honestly, just, yeah, emotionally shook. But I also really like the style that she's had going um in the last two books of the series, which is uh, a little bit different to the first four, where she kind of like intersperses. Sort of fake news articles that are very kind of pointed commentary on sort of racial issues in britain currently but sort of flipped which i think is just a very nice detail that she's kind of added to the books which i really enjoy okay so that's
0: our sort of recent reading roundup and hopefully we will see you next week with our next episode and then next month more of the same that's it for this episode thank you all for listening um and thank you too for podcasting with me Um, You can find us on Instagram at the book table podcast, where you can see what we're all reading um, and just a lot of general book content and recommendations. Speaking of our book club for this month, uh, the month of January is exciting times by, uh, I hope I get this right. Nisha Dolan. I live in Ireland, but I'm still not good at the names. Um, We're really looking forward to it. We'll be doing an episode on that on our monthly book club episode comes out on normally the last friday of the month uh so please feel free to read along and we will be talking all about it soon um next week i really hope you couldn't hear that firework <laughs> okay i did hear a loud voice. <laughs> yeah next week we're going to be asking the question can you judge a book by its cover um the three of us are big book cover fans so we're really looking forward to it uh comment on our instagram if you have any favorite book covers or any strong opinions on the subject so yeah alright thanks for listening and I will see you next
2: week see
1: you next week bye bye